Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast presented by Zwift for the, uh, what is this, Stage 5 Benji, the second and a half sprint that we've had. First sprint was a reduced group because of the crosswinds. This is from Al Majan Island to Um Al Kuwain. That's how you say it. 170 Ks. <laughs> Honestly, Benji asked yesterday uh, for the wind experts would there be crosswinds not during the middle of the stage? So, really, the last 15 Ks, 20 Ks is where it was worth watching uh, a little bit. It's a flat stage. The finish is like 5K straight. There are a few roundabouts before then. Also, the finish was a little bit in parts narrower than like the huge, I swear some of the stages in like Abu Dhabi is on like a six-lane highway. Um, <laughs> the One of the ones that Bennett won with Mercury on yeah. Quickstep a couple of years ago. But this was a little bit narrower and then it opened up. It, we are not talking... Benji's the street outside his house narrow. There's still pretty wide roads um, from what I can see. If you haven't checked it out, by the way, the interview Benji did with Elisa Balsamo, former world champion, classics, God, dropped today. So go and check that out as well in addition to this episode. Really interesting hearing about her experience on Valkar now at uh, Trek Segafredo uh, as well. But you didn't ask her about gifting Benji Riolini. Yeah, I didn't ask about the gifting. I was like, should no I ask about questions. this? Probably shouldn't. <laughs> I, obviously, they're gonna they're gonna give me a, a prepped answer or something anyway. So I was like, <laughs> let, let me just go for the questions I know that will come from the heart. <laughs> Imagine if she was like, yeah, actually, there's a huge punch on after the stage. <laughs> really, you just came flying all, all 45, 40 kilos of her. <laughs> um, that would have been gold. Maybe that, yeah. yeah. You never know. Anyway. Go and check out the new Zwift Hub. It's go online. Don't just trust me. Cycling News says represents better value for money than any other turbo trainer on the market. And it's pretty hard to disagree with that from 499 US dollars. And then you can jump on and jump straight into Zwift. Easy to set up, delivered to your door. The most affordable quality direct drive smart trainer on the market. A class leader, as said by Bike Radar. So go and check out the link down below. It's a no-sweat setup with a full immersion feel to get you on Zwift easily. There's YouTube tutorials online to help you set it up because I'm technologically also a little bit challenged. But people like me, you can choose the cassette that it comes with. It comes pre-installed, powerful training tool. Go check out the Zwift Hub through the link down below. But another nothing break, Benji, until... Do you reckon Quickstep listen to the pod? Remco? Ooh. Well, I know Remco listens to the pod, but I'm not sure that they apply stuff that we say on the pod necessarily <laughs> because, hey, I'm not sure everything we say is applicable to these stages. <laughs> that being said, this was a typical UAE tour stage. This was the kind of stage where I was like, I'm not going to watch until the final of this race. 
And I hope that Twitter shouts loud enough if Echelon's happening. And Twitter shouted long, loud enough when Echelon's happened. With 17k to go, I got a message that said, Echelon's, Echelon's, Benji, there's Echelon's. And then I jumped to my PC and opened up the stream and I saw Echelon's. And it was EF that pulled the Echelon's initially together with Bahrain also trying. Yoi was also pulling. But there were some riders behind that actually are valuable riders. Flap was behind there and he's pretty high up in GC. So it matters because that means that, let's say, UAE wants to get Adam Yates higher up in GC. They want to keep him behind. And Plap wasn't the only rider. He was the first group that was behind. And then another group was splitting from the front, which was Remco's group. Remco actually got behind in echelons. And it's actually surprising because when it comes to Remco, he's been behind in echelons before. But this is the first time I see Plap being behind in echelons ever, I think. They're asleep. He was at the back of the bunch, like through the roundabouts with 20Ks to go. And it doesn't matter how strong you are, you're at the back of the bunch. <laughs> I think Remco is a little bit asleep with Quick Step 2. I don't think they, in the interview yesterday after the stage, he said the wind forecast isn't strong enough for Echelons, so it should be pretty chill. And I don't think the wind was that strong either, but EF really made it happen. Even Adam Ricardo, he was sending afterwards. Uh, but the reason I asked if Quick Step was listening to the pod was because I went on like a 10 minute spiel about how Plap could win this on intermediate bonies. And they put Vivaka and Quickstep put Vivaka and Cherney in a break to take intermediate sprint seconds to defend my tactic. So <laughs> well done. Well played. Took away the bonies. I think Uhemko took a couple as well, or maybe three or one, I don't know, uh, when he was on Melier's wheel and they gapped uh Blap. But yeah, you can never even in UAE tour, even it they would have done 90 watts all day. They're in cruising, super boring stage. You switch off, even world, at World Tour level, all of a sudden, Plap's losing second to Bilbao because Bahrain were pushing Benji. Were you surprised yeah. when Quickstep came back? They didn't push that first echelon with Plap hmm. off the back. I don't know because I do think they want to keep as many riders as possible to potentially once again get a, get a stage with Metal Year because... Yeah, I think so. While the fear of gaining time on UAE on Adam Yates in stage one, in my opinion, should be bigger, you want to keep him behind as much as possible in stage one. I don't think they see Luke Plapp as a threat that will take minutes or even 10, 20 seconds on Jabal Hafid on Remco, because in their eyes, and to be honest, in my eyes as well, if we look at Jabal Jais, not the same climb, but Plapp was struggling there when it comes to the sprint. And I wonder if that's related to the fact that he was struggling due to the climbing. And maybe we'll see on Jabal Hafid that he snaps earlier than the Demko would, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I think so. Um, I don't think they're too worried about... I think Remco's super confident for Sunday on her feet, to be honest. And he's not too worried about taking an extra 10 seconds. Bilbao was pulling, though, because he would have gone third to second. But it came back. Globe was also behind. He was pulling. Koi, I think, was in group one. Other sprinters that were behind, I couldn't see maybe DeMar, but I knew that Lotto Destiny, they were in really good position ahead. Bennett was there with that popple. Merlier made it back. Groenewegen, I'm not sure. So, all back together. No break. Thomas de Gent did go on a break. We erased that, but that actually made the stage finish on time because they had to chase. They didn't give him any gap. <laughs> And we're coming into a sprint, and it's messy. Again, we've got Jensen Plowright, I think it was. He hops the curb. 
safe or he safely for him and then hops back in. Thankfully, Damas at the back and Bora were playing their traditional strategy, Benji, which yep. they were like way at the back. Say and I it must save them so much energy, right? It saves them a there. lot of energy. They're, they're relaxed, they're on the hoods. But it's very risky as well. Because yeah. it depends on the factor of can you get to the front in the last 1.5 to 2 ish kilometers past everybody and get that perfect lead out going in the final kilometer? That is the question here because you well, their strategy at Bora is basically that they wait at the back and then cross past other lead outs at the end. And yeah. if you get blocked, you get blocked, and then you can't sprint at the end. So in today's stage, that would actually work out quite well. But a lot of teams were trying to keep their riders at the front. Then on one end, I get that. You want to keep your rider, your sprinter at the front as much as possible. But we've seen so many times in the UAE Tour this year, last year, the year before that, those wavy leadouts like the Bora one, the ones that go over in a wave over the other leadouts, those leadouts seem to do better when it comes to positioning. And sometimes it doesn't work to get your sprinter to the front that way. But if you start at the front, like Lotto did here, with like five riders on the left side of the road, Rupama did in the middle, they're gone by the time the last 500 meters go. Because other sprinters go past them. And we also see that Ewan is then pushed back in the last stretch and doesn't necessarily have that pilot rider anymore. So again, Ewan, similar issue. Can't seem to get himself in a competitive position both team-wise not getting him into that position and also himself can't keep himself in a good position there but a lot of other riders doing the same like Demar has the exact same issue his best sprints in the past were a full-on lead out and that's not the case in these races anymore like we've said it a lot of times before eh? the traditional lead out isn't necessarily the best option anymore eh? well and he's even if he you know, you don't believe in the traditional lead-out. They lost Sinkledam, who was their best lead-out rider. They yep. lost Guarnieri too, but they also lost Sinkledam, who went to B&B on the promise of riches, and then Cavendish took Bowl instead of Sinkledam to Astana, and Sinkledam went to Alperson. Is he, I think he's here for Plowright. But who do they have? I said who they had should have leading out, Demar, uh, Watson. I think they they got to get the big train back for Demar because without it he's no good. He can't fight through from the back. Uh, yep. So I think you got to have as big as strong a train as possible. Malia had Bird on the right hand side of the road. Again, they got blocked on the stage before Van Poppel and Bennett. They got nowhere. Looks bad. But if you play the ratio, you play the numbers, you look at the sprints the last. Two years or 2022 season and 2023, they will get blocked one in six, one yep. in eight sprints, maybe. And it depends on the width of the road as well. But when they don't, Bennett's starting these sprints every time in the best position of any of the other sprinters. Yes. And he's being brought, brought in the wheel the whole time. All these sprinters today, Coy, Merlier, even Gaviria, Groenewegen, all of them are only really 50% on a wheel because Groenewegen as well is looking, I need to jump. They, they're thinking, this train's going to wave to my other side. I need to be able to jump over there so I can't be perfectly on the draft. Then it's just on Van Poppel. And this is why Tosh van der Sander and Jumbo, they were really forward in this sprint. And I didn't really understand it. They were really forward with Koi in the green jersey and Bora were at the back. They were kind of around Merlier and Bert. Yeah. And I was thinking, 
you're not going to beat Merlier from the wheel most of the time. Like, go use Tosh to just pilot you onto Bennett's wheel and hope for the best. Because last year, Cavendish won from Bennett's wheel. When he jumped in, that long sprint with Philipson, he was on Bennett's wheel. Other guys have won so many times from Bennett's wheel the last two years. It's the best place to be with Merku and then with Van Poppel. Use them as a lead out. So that's what happened today. Van Poppel brings Bennett forward. Groenewegen shifts off and Mezgis was on Bennett's wheel. That was the kind of the weird bit. I need to maybe rewatch it. Gavira was fighting him. Groenewegen swings into Mezgets, who's his own teammate, and Mezgets yields the wheel. And that shifts Gavira off the wheel. And then kind of like last year, Benji, Groenewegen gets the jump like Cav did. Bennett just didn't jump at all. Because if he jumps there, Van Poppel didn't open up the inside either. I think they had an issue. I think they had the trouble that at the same time of Grunewegen going on the right side, Gaviria was going on the left side of Bennett, and Bennett basically launched too late. If Bennett launches a second earlier than that, then he is basically blocking Grunewegen. Or if Van Poppel goes to the side at that point, then then Bennett is earlier than Gaviria. So one of the two should have made a move, whether it's Bennett launching or Van Poppel going out of the way. I feel like there's a mistake by one of them there. Depends on how much distance it was from the finish line, but I'd have to check how much distance it was from the finish line at that very moment of launching. But what I love about the sprint is how Dylan Hilnewegen wormed himself into the wheel of Bennett at that last roundabout, started moving up in that last roundabout, then wormed himself into that wheel, and he launched at the perfect time because if he doesn't launch there, then Bennett can launch there and will box him in. So he boxes in, Grunewegen boxes in Bennett instead. And next to that, he then comes across, but doesn't endanger Gaviria, in my opinion. I want your opinion on that in a second. He basically goes in front of Van Poppel and goes to the left towards the barrier. And Gaviria is not there yet. So in my opinion, he's not really endangering. He's deviating, but deviating is allowed in a sprint as long as you don't endanger another sprinter. Now, there's also another rule somewhere in the depths of the UCI uh, rule book that obstructing is also not allowed. But if you start applying that to every sprint, then I don't even know if anyone will not will be uh, allowed to legally win a race anymore. But uh, yeah, Grunewagen, wonderful sprint, was and is still one of the fastest riders in sprints in the peloton, in my opinion, but his leadouts just haven't been perfect, nor his piloting towards the wheel now. I do feel like a lot of work towards the sprint was done by himself, and I feel like Mezgetch was there, and there was another rider somewhere a bit on the right bottom side of him, but... I didn't see them get Grunewagen to that position themselves. I feel like he wormed himself in yeah. that position. That makes sense? Yeah, he was over on the Merlier side a little bit. He was hedging his bets himself, and that means you're eating a little bit you know, more wind than you might need to than compared to having guys bringing you forward. So impressive win for him. When he gets clean air with 200 to go, he is difficult to beat, beating Gaviria. I agree with what you said about Gaviria. It looks closer than it does because... If Groenewegen stays, I mean, I don't like him going to the barriers. Yep. I think he should. I think guys should still sprint straight. Um, but that being said, if he sprints and leaves that gap open, Gaviria is going to immediately cross over to his wheel. And it only looks close because he starts providing draft and he sucks Bennett, Lapinge, and Gaviria with him. And if yep. Gaviria is not in the wheel, he's getting gapped off Groenewegen. Gaviria is looking good though. That guy's going to win a Giro stage or two. He is yep. looking really good. 
I hope Movistar don't get tempted to take them to the tour. And um, I don't think they will. It shows even more that getting a sprinter in your team is so valuable because you said so it last year and the year before. What the fuck and else could years. they get from this stage? Exactly. What What are they doing at the UAE Tour otherwise? And and the the well, oh, San Juan and so forth. What would they do at those races if Gaviria's not in their team? They probably wouldn't go to San Juan, is my guess. When it comes to UAE Tour, they're technically not forced to go to the UAE Tour because it's a race that was created after 2016 in World Tour. That's kind of the rule that goes when it comes to World Tour participation and the forcing of those teams being present. But otherwise, they can't do anything except GC here, and that's like a lot of that you can't do much. Max Cantor is not going to compete for UAE Tour stage. Like, I like Max Cantor like the, like the other third-tier, fourth-tier sprinters, but not like a, a potential top sprinter in this race. Now, I also didn't see Molano in this sprint. Cavendish did come true. Cavendish was very far with a kilometer to go. Like, yeah. straight up, straight up, 30th position, more 40th position, and he moved through the center and suddenly was there. So I don't know what went wrong. Probably just his, him being positioned at the front didn't really work yeah. out. But I'd have to go back and check what went uh, he was wrong with Molano in kind of the middle, just eating wind, starting yeah. their sprint from ages back in the wind. Um, they were more on that right side. And yeah, Melia on the other side opened up earlier. We haven't really mentioned that right side. Koi was on his wheel. Koi tried to come out of the wheel and then couldn't make up any space, goes back in the wheel. So, you know, Merlier was quick, but wrong side, wrong position. Wellsford made up some positions. He was too far back as well, but yeah. he finished pretty strong, nearly finished level uh, with Merlier, and he finished ahead of Kava and Milano. But he's a top 10, Groenewegen, ahead of Gaviria Bennett, Leipinch, who's it's a very nice result. And he's done well at UAE Tour Sprints before, the Latvian on Trek, Merlier, Wellsford, Milano, Cavendish, Coy, and Demar. An interesting sprint, and it goes to show that, I don't know, it just, like Groenewegen's on... He's very, very fast. He's on so much money uh, as a big star. Makes sense. He's won Tour de yeah. France stages. And I just wonder where the sprinter like market is going. It's any of them could win, Benji. Yeah. And it's almost it's a- like there's less top lead out men. There's three and a yeah. half. Laporte, Mercu, Van Poppel, McClay. Yeah. I may I might be disrespecting someone like Sinkledam, but also there's just- not ten guys that come to mind. Also, because a lot of riders that might be top leadouts, we haven't seen Kasper Pedersen in leadout action. He's looking very good at the start of the season. I expect him in the cobble races. I wonder if he can actually also do that leadout role that they said he would be playing a role into, but we haven't really seen him do it so far this season. So that's the rider I'm looking at for that stuff. I'm just looking forward to like seeing other riders kind of try that leadout stuff and see if that works out. Because so far, it's not really working for a lot of those... uh, Riders that are being put in a lead-out position have to do it without necessarily having a, a lot of years in their book. Because I feel like the one thing we see is that Pompopul, Merku, and other names you mentioned there, I might be wrong, Laporte and so forth. I feel like those are riders with experience when it comes no, to sprinting. Van Poppel's young. Van Poppel has been sprinting himself for a while. Like, he's 28, yeah, 29. Yeah, yeah. But like, he's been there for like seven years or something. So he has experience. I feel like we see that the lead-out role goes better for riders in that age than it goes for 22 years old. And I might be wrong there, but that's how I feel. Milan's done some good ones. It's just like any kid with a good kick, he's going to want to try to be a sprinter first, yeah. right? He'd rather try and win 1-1 sprints 
than be a lead out in world tour races. And that yeah. makes sense. You get paid more. Why not try when you're younger? I get it. Um, got word, I think, from uh, our boy Wellsford that the roundabouts were a little bit sketchy in this run-in, and maybe that's why, even though it looks straight, that has the effect of the peloton's fat, it gets squished, and maybe guys with no one around them, like Ewan, seems to struggle with those, or Cav got squeezed back a little bit, and then if you don't have Mullen, Archbold, Van Poppel to smash you forwards, then you, yeah, it's really tough to move up, frankly. Uh, so that could be one of the reasons why we saw guys caught behind today, but listen, so many guys competing for this sprint. It's crazy. In a Tour de France, you won't see 10 guys of this quality, maybe this year, maybe, Philipson? but rarely you'll see 10 guys of this quality sprinting. You haven't seen Philipson sprint, though, and I wonder if he's once again, in my opinion, he was the best sprinter of last year, if he once again shows I mean, up at depth. that level. Yeah, depth, you're right. I agree. Because every sprint so far, we're like thinking, okay, who can win this? There's like seven riders, eight riders that could end up winning this race, nine riders, ten riders. And when it comes to Tour de France sprint stage, we're like, oh, those two riders will likely end up winning the sprint. And with Jakobsen last year, when he was there, we also felt that way. With Philipsen at races last year, we also felt that way. Cavendish the year before in the Tour was basically, Cavendish is probably going to win the Tour sprint stage. <laughs> so it feels like we're in a year where there's no real top sprint. We don't have the Kittle days. We don't have the pure uh, top Cavendish, the top Greipel days, the top Caleb Ewan days. And I like that because maybe one of the riders that we currently see as one of those 10 riders might be the next top sprinter that gets gaps on others. Who's impressed you so far? I would say, well, obviously, Wellsford is impressing this season, starting off in yeah. Argentina and then in, in this change. race. That's a big obvious one. I'd say when it comes to the other sprinters, I think mainly disappointments except Gaviria. I feel like Olaf Goya expected more Gaviria, from yeah. He doesn't seem to get out of wheels necessarily and have that punch to get past people like you mentioned before. When I look at the rest of the top 10, Melir wasn't that great today, but yesterday then he had to break or crash is what he said or something in Belgian media. When it comes to Sam Bennett, I've got the same feeling as last year. The victories that he gets are... 50%, if not more, of Poppel that delivers it for him. That doesn't make him a bad sprinter because you also need to be able to trust your lead out, go through the gaps, and be able to deliver from the wheel of a lead out like Von Poppel. Now, I think Liepen's getting involved is pretty damn fucking good in this race. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And with no lead out, pretty much, unless I'm missing something, he's kind of doing it on his own. And Muschetti yeah. won a sprint, didn't he? Or. Mareshko, they always kind of blend into the same guy to me. <laughs> Moschetti. Um, <laughs> was it? Okay, he won Almeria. I'm really testing the memory here. Uh, otherwise, <laughs> was there any other cycling on? Oh, Gran Camino. I'll mention that afterwards. Sorry, I'll do the stage preview tomorrow. Uh, where are we going? Abu Dhabi breakwater. <laughs> yes, Abu Dhabi breakwater. Wow. I really know my UAE tour stages. 166Ks, pancake flat, two intermediate sprints. Probably be the breakaway. And then... Hopefully it isn't. Hopefully it's a solo breakaway, so we see at least the GC guys going for it. There might be wind. Is this it? The forecast isn't. Yeah. That Is this the indicative of it? Turning one where Bennett came out of the wheel of Ewan last year or the year before. Now Ewan came out of the wheel of Bennett. 
I don't yeah. remember anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the one. It it is a slight left and then goes right. And Merku, this is where uh, Lotto. They, this was the year they kept switching Kluger and Deboist as as last man and second yeah. last man every sprint. And you and Merku washes or waves across diagonally. Just like you mentioned in this show already, really good lead out with Bennett in the wheel, and Ewan comes from the left side, perfectly gets onto Bennett's wheel, slingshots out, and beats him uh, in 2021. So I don't know, I don't know who wins. It's like literally a lottery. Uh, I'd have yeah. to guess. Ah, uh, Gronavegan gets bo- like Gronavegan's either twelfth or first. I swear. <laughs> He is that sort of guy. I've got mine. I'm going to go Wellsford. You're going to go Wellsford? I'm going to go for Sam Bennett. And the reason is that I think this is the perfect situation where you can diagonally, diagonally cross as a lead out, wave past yeah. other sprinters if you're Van Poppel. So I think Van Poppel will have a, a plenty uh, of a good lead out tomorrow and uh, Bennett will get it from... Or if Bennett's not good enough, someone's going to win from the wheel of Bennett from the lead yeah. out of Van Poppel. That's how I, how I view tomorrow's stage, if that makes any sense. But hey, echelon-wise, I, I don't fucking know. Like, I'm, I'm getting my weather map up right here, but it says sand, and I don't know what that means. So I'm going to go with that. Just GC, Avonapol is nine seconds now ahead of Plap. He gained a couple of bonies. Uh, Bill Bowles on 13 seconds. Stefan Bod's in fourth. I would not have known that. While Poles is in fifth. Also didn't know that. Harm van Hocker's in sixth, Lechnerson seventh, Rubio's eighth on one thirteen. So Adam Yates on one fourteen, Steinhauser on one thirteen. Lot to play for in Jabelka feet. That's on Sunday though. Prediction. Uh, but otherwise, pardon. Prediction. Bahrain will not use wild pools for Bilbao. Oh, of course not. No, no, no. They they love to triple stack. Top 10 in World Tour GC. <laughs> That's their favorite thing. Uh, but Bill Bow will yeah. just follow anyway. Like, does he really want it to be a hard? Of course, you could be like, okay, you should use Wout Poles. He should go up the road. But yeah. Remco will just choo-choo, I think. Um, is my guess. Adam Yeh is going to attack anyway. Yeah. Surely. <laughs> as soon as the bottom uh, hits, UAE lead out. I think so. And they launch. I think within seven minutes, he's gone. He's on be. the podium by yeah, the end of this race. Guys, you are saying Bill Bow is a scrub, man. Or Blap. <laughs> or Remco. Nah. <laughs> Bill Bow's. I fear for Blap the most. And really? I like Blap as a rider. Bill Bow. Okay. Guess we'll see. Anyway, that's on Sunday. Yesterday, there was Grand Camino Stage 1. It's, we're not going to be recapping every stage. Maybe we'll do a little one uh, next week. I'm beginning my Odyssey tomorrow morning back to Andorra, uh, so I don't have to do these in the middle of the night anymore, which I haven't missed. And but yeah, Grand Camino started four-day Galician stage race, 2.1. It is near the... It finishes in Santiago de Compostela, where the Vuelta finished when Roglic was in front of the... He won in front of the cathedral, where the pilgrimage is, the Camino, meaning the way, the walk. Um, so Jonas Vingegaard's joined there. He saw Pogaccia in the sunny... You know, 12 degrees in Andalusia looked lovely. No leg warmers. He thought, let me get some Spanish stage racing action in the legs. If what he can do, I can do better. Unfortunately for him, 
Uh, Spain has many microclimates, and despite the TT at the end of this race, uh, it started snowing on stage one very, very heavily. There was literally a snowplow coming for the course, and apparently the riders stopped the race, but the organisers were in the process of doing it. Whatever happened, I'm not sure. There was a descent coming up where the snow wasn't settling because it was above zero, apparently. Um, but listen, uh, Spanish Twitter wasn't happy, Benji, about the riders stopping and thought it was unfair what? to the break. Yeah, they. I mean, I we went on. We, we got criticised for it. I remember being criticised for being a little keyboard couch. Uh, commentator during the Giro 20, when was it, Jesus, 21? When they woke up and were like, I don't feel like riding 250Ks today. Um, yeah, but that's a different situation. I know, I know. Yeah, We criticized that. We said that's that has the extreme weather protocol says there is nothing to do. Seven degrees in rain is not contained within the extreme yeah. weather protocol. Snow, active snow and freezing temperatures and freezing snow is literally go look it up. Yeah. It's in there. So <laughs> this is a perfect textbook case for it, right? Yeah, I agree. They uh they did well in stopping the raise, whether it was the riders or the organization. I don't care. The raise was stopped, which was good because it could have led to accidents which don't need to happen in cycling. The visibility, man. Yeah, visibility as well. The descent would be dangerous. Everything would have been dangerous about it. The breakaway <laughs> riding a bit further onwards was pretty funny. I won't lie about that, but um, <laughs> they hey. didn't know it'd stop. They just yeah. kept riding. Um, it's good that it's uh, it stopped, and we've seen quite a few neutralizations like that this year already. With also in Besage, we had the crash on a bridge where yeah, I think yeah, the Son was like holding on to the to the bridge by the side and was almost falling off the bridge. So lucky that he didn't drop. Um, and the ambulances couldn't get past, and they stopped it there. So it's good that organizations should as fast as possible react to certain things, but obviously thinking it through first, and in this situation, it's pretty obvious. The second you see it, you realize this is not okay. Yeah, I think maybe if there wasn't the descent coming up, yeah. they might not have stopped it. But, Flat finish. Um, well, if maybe. it's a sprint, it's still... Yeah, it's still sketchy, isn't it? And guy's hands are so cold. Like, stay in the mid, it was saying, like, he couldn't, could barely feel his hands. Uh, so, anyway... There's a really narrow goat track uphill finish tonight. I'd encourage you to go. Might have a little video of that. Maybe tomorrow night. No promises. Uh, we might mention the results there. Because Finger Garden Yumbo, they talk big talk before this race, Benji. They said they're here to win. Like they're here to actually not dominate, but take this race really seriously, like UAD with Andalusia. So I'm expecting Finger Guard. They controlled yesterday before the cancellation. I'm expecting Finger Guard to go for it on today's finish. So we'll see. Um, first joust before Paris-Nice. Guerrero. He didn't look good in... Uh, nah, Andalusia. Andalusia, but did he? He didn't look good in Saudi, I think. He won no? Saudi. Exactly, he did look good. I, I told you, he looked good in Saudi. <laughs> <laughs> and in Andalusia, he had to ride for Mars. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Nah, I, don't, I, I reckon after Saudi, it's like, Cowboy's done for the Is year. It? We've seen we've seen Herale in one of those like Middle Eastern races as well. Do one big finish. He'll be good is on this too finish difficult? today. Okay. Oh man, yeah, he should be good on this finish today. The others are a little bit too hard for him. The Cofidis team for a Northern Spanish race in freezing temperatures and rain is outrageously good. 
Yoni Zagira, um, Harada, and I'm missing someone else, Geshka. It's actually for a 2.1, insanely strong GC squad. Um, Molsar 2 is pretty good. They got Sosa. So anyway, lovely little race. We'll be watching it after we finish this recording. Thanks as always for listening. We'll have the recap of the sprint tomorrow. Who knows who'll win? It's a big lottery. Thanks to Zwift as always, and we'll see you with the recap then. Ciao. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.